1: Like this, but this is a podcast I've been very excited for for a long time, and hopefully, you are too. As we are going to talk about Joe Burrow, the businessman, the entrepreneur, the investor. We've talked about him as a leader, now we're going to talk about what he does elsewhere off the field as a businessman, and we're going to have some very high quality guests joining me on the podcast today to break all of that down so that we can better understand. More about what makes Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow. Welcome into a, if I haven't said it again, very special edition of the Strictly Stripes podcast. Muhammad Ahmad here with you, joined by my first special guest, Todd Fisher, who is the Executive Vice President of Client Consulting and Services for GMR Marketing. And this guy knows a thing or two about working in sports marketing as he helped previously engineer State Farm's discount double-check ads that you've seen with Aaron Rodgers and the classic Cliff Paul ads with uh, Chris Paul himself. So a very talented, very savvy, very knowledgeable man who was generous with his time today. Todd, we appreciate you joining us. How are you today, my friend? Great, Mohammed. Thanks for having me. Likewise, likewise. So... The one place I want to start with Joe Burrow is, and this is just an observation I have that I think even the most average layman has is, you know, you see Patrick Mahomes in the State Farm commercial. You know, you see Josh Allen uh, playing in those golf tournaments with Mahomes and Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Um, And, you know, you see other NFL players like Justin Jefferson. I think he's been in his own advertisements lately. I forget with who. Saw him in a commercial recently, though. Do you you remember who it was? Who was with? I don't
2: recall that one specifically.
1: Or maybe I'm thinking of someone else, but I feel like I've seen Justin Jefferson in uh, some commercial. If I remember it, it'll come back to me. Oh, I think it was uh, it was EA Sports. It might have been EA Sports. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, Justin Jefferson, a lot of these guys are putting their names out there. Uh, but you don't really see Joe Burrow in these national ads. And obviously, it's not because he's not famous. I mean, he's electrified the NFL. He's one of the faces of the league with how much success he's had in such little time. But you know, one one thing he said earlier this week in his last press conference before, you know, they shut down for training camp is, you know, he said that he in the next five years, the way he put it, in the next five years, he wants to sort of be like LeBron James or be like Connor McGregor where he has his own businesses and he's really taking off. But he described himself as a young pup. So kind of talk <laughs> to me. Obviously, I know Mahomes and Allen and those guys are a little bit older, but You know, what do you think makes Joe Burrow different just based on what you've seen in terms of, like, how he markets himself and how he promotes himself in commercials and, you know, with advertisements?
2: Yeah, I mean, when I think of Joe, like, it's a word that may come up multiple times during our conversation. But uh, I think what stands out to me is his authenticity. Like, I think what you see is what you get from Joe. And I think that not only plays in uh, marketability, but I think it's played with teammates and fans alike. Um, Joe has a level of confidence in who he is and how he goes about his business. It certainly is translated in on-field success, but I think we're starting to see that carry into off-field success. Um, And I'm starting to see that in terms of what I would deem kind of quality over quantity.
1: So authenticity is a word that does come up a lot because – I interviewed uh, some leadership professors and did a story on Joe Burrow's authenticity. And if you want to check that out, um, you can Google Joe Burrow leadership and it's a great story for those who haven't read it uh, on cleveland.com slash bangles, but you know, he does do some advertisements. So I looked into it when he was at LSU, he did that nerf promo with uh, many other uh, college and pro athletes. You know, he does advertisements with Kroger, which is a big deal in Cincinnati. They're actually headquartered in Cincinnati. Uh, He signed a deal with Lordstown Motors, which produces all electric cars. So he clearly does have a business side of him. And, you know, he just recently invested in a volleyball team with Jason Derulo, the singer. And he also bought a farm with Blake Griffin in Iowa. I think several of his teammates, including Sam Hubbard, were in on that. So it wasn't just those two. But he has investments. And he kind of joked of, you know, when I asked him about the farm, he was like, oh, you know, he laughed and said, "I'm just diversifying the portfolio. portfolio. So you might know uh, better than you know most people when it comes to how athletes, you know, diversify their portfolio. But if you're like Joe Burrow in this case, and you're thinking about how he's putting all these things together, how do athletes strategize what to invest, where to invest, and how to invest when it comes to these kind of things?
2: Yeah, look, I think a lot has changed in that space. I think um, athletes are business people." Now more than ever, um, so I think one they're surrounding themselves with other good people where they're getting that counsel. But they're you know to the comparison you made before in Joe's comment, you know Joe wants to be like LeBron. Like you know LeBron has kind of set a standard in terms of having sustainable success um, off the field, and then even doing some things in his own way and investing and taking equity stakes, um, kind of going beyond just their. T- the traditional en- endorsement deal. And so, um, you know, I think you see a lot of that in some of the moves that Joe has made. To your point, Mohammed, I think, you know, Joe, maybe while isn't in every high profile television commercial, um, has a pretty enviable portfolio of sponsorship deals. Um, you know, reports have been out there that, you know, he makes upwards of $15 million a year in, in endorsement money, which would definitely put him in the upper echelon within the NFL. And to your point, I think, you know, it's names of a Nike and a Kroger and a Bose and Nerf and others. And Bose, um, that's
1: right. Uh,
2: but, you know, then you've got uh, other brands too that um, may be more promotional in nature. I've seen him with uh, some Buffalo Wild Wing stuff, some Guinness stuff, Fanatics, who just is killing it in so many facets of the the business right now. So, I mean, it's not as though Joe is taking a quiet and, and silent approach. But again, I think he's, kind of going about his business where he's got a great portfolio of endorsement deals. And now you're starting to see some diversified investments in other ways. Um, and like you said, he, he's young, right? So where I see a lot of these guys grow is they use these endorsement deals to actually get a look into the inside of the business world and get closer to these situations to figure out how do they want to do it long term. And so is that you know, Joe creating his own businesses and his own brands, or is it about, you know, taking an investment stake in various companies? I think some of that's the fun part of, you know, In the same way that we see maturation of players on the field. Um, we see the maturation of, of these people as, as business leaders too. And sometimes I think we take for granted that these guys are still in their mid twenties. And if we think about where that would probably land them in most regular business conversations, um, you know, we, Maybe have too too high of expectations in terms of them having it all figured out at this high level.
1: So I was doing some research and there is uh, an agency, like most of these athletes who are very famous and who are involved in endorsements. There is an agency that represents them called WME Sports. And I did some more digging. Uh, And they represent, you know, pro athletes like Justin Jefferson, his teammate who we mentioned, uh, Khalil Mack from the L.A. Chargers, Nick Bosa, his friend from Ohio State, Luka Doncic, Chet Holmgren. So obviously there's kind of a mutual connection there with uh, Jefferson and Bosa, who are his good friends. But, you know, when these athletes are... Picking these agencies to represent them, to brand them, you know, what goes into their decision-making process? And once they make that decision to have X, Y, or Z agency represent them, how do those agencies help them utilize, like, I know I say name, image, and likeness, because that's kind of stuck in our heads, but, you know, the literal name, image, and likeness of these
2: pro athletes who are, you know, doing what they're doing. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think when anybody thinks about a sports agent, and probably some of the things that uh, we've seen in movies, and obviously, Jerry Maguire always comes up, you know, you see the the contract agent, um, which is really about negotiating the, the performance, the on-field deal with the respective team. Um, that's still obviously a very important and very lucrative piece of the overall business equation. Um, but there's been certain things that have forced that or uh, allowed that to evolve um and where agents are no longer just about um the game day contract but really about how are all of their their resources able to help these players unlock the off the field investment opportunities and so um you know i think it it's one where um you'd have to ask the player themselves of what went into their decision-making process but you know, certainly credibility in the space is one. Um, I think I hear a lot of guys talk about just the fit and the, the connection that they have with one agent versus another on a personal side, given how much time um, and how much advice that you know they rely on from that individual. Um, but then you, you know, just rattled off a great portfolio at WME, and, and that becomes then additional access that those players have to each other and their investment strategies and their investment portfolios and now you're seeing more and more players even combine efforts um i mean you mentioned joe and blake going together on the uh agricultural investment um you're seeing more and more players kind of pool resources to be true players in the investment space um from a venture capital standpoint from taking equity stakes from kind of making their own moves Um, given the resources that that they have, and now given the social reach and influence that they can have on brands uh, and on the trajectory of brands too. So it's a really exciting time in this space because you're seeing athletes go so much further than I think we've ever seen them before in terms of true business influences. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. You know, kind of going back to you, you know, I mentioned you were sort of helping engineer like the the discount double check campaigns and the Chris Paul campaign. So kind of walk me through this. So for example, there was an advertisement that was aired in the Cincinnati local market Uh, which was one of the the few and rare that Joe Burrow has done publicly were you can, you can watch it on YouTube. It's pretty funny, but he was basically sniffing a pineapple, which was funny (laughs) given, you know, his personality (laughs) and contrasting that with such a a laughable moment like that. I mean, obviously that's very simplistic and it's a contrast from like, you know, what you see with Patrick Mahomes and the other guys you've mentioned, but you know, what, what goes, what goes into that? Like, how do, you know, since you've worked with this, how, how do you guys and how, do you all work with the athletes when, you know, pitching these ideas and, you know, putting these ideas to life that people watch and get entertained by?
2: Yeah, I mean, they, they all look a little bit different, but I'll say some key tenets to it. One is, you know, you got to find the right athlete or, you know, endorser that matches the values and the direction and the message that the brand wants to portray. Um, and so, you know, there you mentioned um, at the beginning, kind of the Aaron Rodgers in the discount double check space, Chris Paul in the um, Chris and Cliff Paul scenario, like using Chris as the example, um, you know, that whole premise and platform at State Farm was about the assist. And it was about conveying the idea of State Farm agents assist their customers every day and then taking it into the basketball space in a very literal sense. And so you, know, you kind of work through that talent process to say, okay, who who contextualizes, who portrays? the idea of assist best. And so focused on point guards uh, first and foremost, then you start to look into you know, geographic filters. Hey, is this uh, do they play in priority markets? You know, what's their social following? Again, like what's their personality and, and how do they convey it? And that starts to to narrow your field. Um, and then some of it is, you know, any more again, I see this shift away from endorsements into what I would say are you know, talent partnerships. Um, and you see it in terms of some athletes are really interested in the creative process and want to be part of actually bringing their personality to life um, in a way that feels unique and authentic to them. Um, and Chris was every part of that in that campaign where um, you know we had kind of shopped some of the idea and thinking with um, a couple of different athletes. And, and Chris shared a vision for what we wanted to do and kind of the tongue in cheek nature of. Uh, his fictitious twin brother and, and really bought in and, you know, kind of helped take it to a, a next level. And now you've seen that relationship for him extend well beyond, you know, just that campaign that he, he's he been around the state farm family for quite some time. And, you know, same with Aaron, um, you know, long beyond discount double check, but it starts definitely from a strategic place. And then it, it also, you know, has to be a, a true relationship and partnership in terms of, the willingness and ability to be able to offer time um, in a meaningful way. Sometimes we see people sign deals and then you know, feel like they didn't get the value that they wanted. And a lot of times that you know comes from they didn't vet the partnership to the degree they needed to in the first place to make sure that the the other interested party was willing to put in the time and effort to make it fruitful.
1: And Todd, I didn't ask you this earlier, but um how long have you been with GMR marketing and how long have you worked in like the sports marketing sector in your career?
2: Yeah, I've been at GMR for just about ten years and on this side of the business, uh we represent uh we're fortunate to represent you know, a lot of blue chip companies from Google and Comcast and Hershey's and Procter and Gamble and and a number of others uh in the sports and entertainment space, help manage their investments, help them identify how they should Make investments to maximize their business objectives. And then, um, you know, prior to that, as you mentioned, spent time at at State Farm uh, leading sponsorships and advertising there. So, you know, going on probably a a collective 20 year career in the space and uh, have certainly seen it evolve a lot. But, you know, that's what uh, makes it fun is continuing to explore, continuing to work with great. Uh, athletes and people and partners I have not had the pleasure of working with Joe yet, but um, with how many great years he has ahead of him, hopefully our paths will cross
1: yeah i wouldn 't be surprised if that was the case, just given like all the great things I mentioned that you 've done and you know all the depth of knowledge uh, that you have just presented but uh, just kind of my last question to wrap up this really insightful conversation Todd is you, you mentioned that people are kind of moving away from endorsements and into partnerships you know how Big can it get? I mean, we we talked about where it is now, but how much bigger can it get? And then how much, I guess two parts here, how much bigger can it get? And how far can Joe Burrow go with a model like this?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think from a broad stroke, like, you know, we've only scratched the surface. I think we've started to see what it can become in terms of, again, this evolution from endorsement, which was almost, uh, you know, hey, here a very transactional relationship right i'll pay you x amount of money and i'll put a product in your hand and you tell people that you know you like it or use it um, that just didn't have the authenticity that uh you know i think the athletes themselves want to represent now is they're more conscious of their personal brands than ever before um and i think for brands themselves like they they don't want that they want um to make sure that they're conveying to their consumers and fans and internal stakeholders that you know, this is a genuine relationship. And it's, you know, one that has a different level of connection and context um, than just, you know, the the old school traditional um, endorsements. And so, yeah, I I use the word partnership often, because I do think that there's much more of a two-way conversation and a two-way relationship now that you're seeing in these deals. Um, And a lot of it is you know, athletes trying, especially in this upper echelon and and tier that we're talking about with Joe and and others, is you know they're trying to make sure that the things that they do are not only appropriate for their time, but again, appropriate for their brand, their personality. Where one deal is it is going to be additive to their portfolio, versus one deal is going to you know take away other opportunities because people just don't see that it it. Is the right thing for them. So, you know, I think we've started to see this where you mentioned the McGregor piece in terms of how he's created his own um, liquor brands. I think we've seen other athletes spin off and do their own thing. Again, you know, LeBron gets held up as kind of the gold standard in that with uninterrupted and Spring Hill Entertainment and number of other ventures uh, where he's taken an ownership position. Um, and that that really is like where there's no ceiling to this is when athletes go from then endorsers or partners to owners and control their own intellectual property they control the brands they control the products and now especially in a social universe uh, where you can have a lot more direct uh, direct to consumer sales direct to consumer engagement um, they're kind of taking out the middleman in some cases but um, you know some, some folks are more interested in that space. Some are more risk tolerant. Some have the capital and the resources around them to do that. But um, yeah, I think that's the going to be the fun part to watch as this moves forward is how much do athletes actually become better known as business people than they do as athletes. And I think we're starting to see that shift and they see that there's a finite amount of time frame on their playing careers and there's an infinite amount of time on their business careers. And so they're, Trying to get savvier and savvier about moving that piece up earlier because they know that they have a platform and they've got people around them right now that can help them for the next 40 years instead of just for the next four years.
1: Joe Burrow said this week as well that he wants to be the best in the world when that's about his personal goals. So maybe he's not just talking on the gridiron. Maybe he wants to literally be the best in the world, the best businessman, the best friend, son. He he, he just wants total world domination. And so uh, being a businessman is a big part of that. So we'll definitely see how far these players can go as you know businessmen and, of course, biz- businesswomen as well. You know When you look at the WNBA and leagues like that. But that sure. is Todd Fisher the Executive Vice President of Client Consulting and Services for GMR Marketing. Uh, you taught me a lot today. I'm sure people listening uh, can say the same thing. But, Todd, we really appreciate your
2: time. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Muhammad. Keep up the good work. Love the show. Best wishes to you and the rest of the team.
1: Appreciate it. Don't go away. We have Joe Favorito, who is a professor in sports and entertainment marketing communications consultant right here when we return on the Strictly Stripes podcast. All right. Thanks for staying with us on the Strictly Stripes podcast. We heard from Todd Fisher from GMR Marketing, who laid out a lot of interesting things about Joe Burrow's uh, endorsement and advertisement history and how that plays into the uh, behind the scenes action for many pro athletes. And joining me to touch on those subjects and build on them more is Joe Favorito. If you don't know who Joe is, he is a sports management professor at Columbia University. So, Ivy League smart. Very, no, very smart, no, no, guy. no,
0: not Ivy League smart. So, anyway.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and he is also a self employed uh, sports management uh, and entertainment marketing uh, communications consultant with over three and a half decades of experience. So, he's been doing this for quite some time. Uh, Joe, we appreciate your time. Uh, thank you for joining us. How are you doing
0: today, my friend? Great, Mohammed. Thank you for uh, for having me on. Uh, I talked about Joe Burrow, I guess, right before the Super Bowl. I think it was with the Inquirer. Um, but yeah, okay. I mean, as good a story as you know, hopefully there is for not just Bengals fans, but for you know, for the rising faces of the NFL.
1: Absolutely, and you know, with Joe Burrow, he's he's a guy that's been talked about for a long time. Who will be talked about for an even longer time if his career trajectory stays the way it's going. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, I, I've i reported on Joe Burrow's leadership, and obviously everyone talks about his on-the-play X's and O's uh, type stuff. But, you know, one thing that is interesting that maybe people think about that's not out there is, you know, Joe Burrow, the businessman, Joe Burrow, the entrepreneur, Joe Burrow, the advertiser. Now, mm-hmm. one thing that stood out to me with Joe Burrow is, you know, you see... Josh Allen in the Tostinos commercial. You see Justin Jefferson on the Sleep Number ads and Madden ads. And of course, Patrick Mahomes with the signature State Farm commercials with Chris Paul. But you don't really see Joe Burrow in those big billboard poster, big TV ads. So I guess kind of two parts to this. Do you think maybe it's just
0: early in Burrow's career and whether it is or isn't, what do you think the reasoning behind that is? Well, a couple of things. Um, first of all, I think... If NIL was around when Joe Burrow finished his his collegiate career, he would have made a fortune. Um, and not just because people writing him checks because of where he went to school and, you know, his Heisman pedigree and, you know, the ability to be a top pick, um, but because of all the, the socially conscious things that he was doing and actually brought to light um, – when when he was in the Heisman conversation about giving back to his hometown and all the other things that he was want, would want to do, I think that was incredibly admirable and continues to grow. You know, he's probably one of the more socially conscious and and thinks about bigger picture things and bigger picture investments, uh, and that will probably continue on. You know, obviously, you know, you get to the Super Bowl and that brings a certain kind of cachet to it, and, and, and it takes time, I think, sometimes to cash that in. I think that also. Everyone says, oh, you know, you just give me the bling and everything's going to happen and it's easy. Well, even as I mentioned with name, image, and likeness before, and when you become a professional athlete and you're trying to play on the highest level, you have to have the time and the ability and kind of the, really the wherewithal to do both. You have to be a superstar marketer and you have to be a superstar athlete. And bringing the steak and the sizzle all the time is not easy. I don't think it really has anything to do with market size. Um, I think some of it has to do with success, but I think some of it also has to do with personal choice. Um, You know, whether Joe Burrow wants to spend with his time and his team, you know, tremendous amount of times growing his his investment or his brand portfolio can probably come over time. It doesn't have to come right away. Although the NFL short windows, you know, sometimes you want to do those things sooner or later. But the perfect example, I think, you look at are the Mannings. And you know Eli involved in some things when he was playing, but certainly not to the level of, of iconography that he and uh, and Peyton have now, right? And because he's got the time to do it, and and it takes right. time. Um, you know, and people will say, "Well, Pat, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers," um, you know. Yeah, I get that, but that also takes time. And you look at you know the ring on the finger helps a lot when you, when you yes. get to that. So getting there was one big step. Getting over the top is another big step. And then the personal choice of saying you want to do this or you don't want to do it. There are plenty of athletes over time who at the peak of their careers or on the rise chose not to be in the public eye. And you think about people like Joe Montana, who really did not excel until after his career was over. Same thing with Steve Young. So it takes time. Um, It has to be the right authentic opportunity. You have to be able to spend all that time engaging as much as you possibly can, um and making sure that you're doing that and also taking care of business on the field and in your personal life and that's not easy to do these days
1: time is a very interesting concept like you mentioned because you know uh, i asked joe burrow about this earlier this week and his last press conference before training camp and you know you look at different things he's done like i specifically asked him about the farm he bought and I, I love the, love the farm it.
0: idea by the way
1: love that <laughs> So, well, before I get to that, actually, why, why is that? Why, why is it a good idea for Joe Burrow? Because it, it touches on, on
0: every area of blue ocean that you want. It, sustainability reaches a market that, that people are not really thinking about. Um, came together with a, you know, a really smart uh, marketing agent uh, to figure out how to do this and really sets a standard for something that's different that people will remember. Um, and, and I think that's part of what you want to do. You want to establish your own identity. And a lot of times... You know, you see men and women um, at the highest level kind of taking on as many things as they can to get the cash. I think my understanding from the way, you know, the borough team does things is it's not about the cash. It's about kind of the execution uh, and what really fits in, in, in kind of what that individual is looking at. And that's why I thought the farm thing was tremendously interesting. I wrote about it last year. And I think, you know, as we go forward and feeding people is really important and, and, um, sustainability is going to become more and more of an issue. Um, it's something that has potential to grow with not a lot of downside, no pun intended.
1: <laughs> so I'll have to actually look into that because it's very interesting. Um, and I'm sure you had a lot of great concepts in there, but what he was saying in response to that was he quote unquote, likes to diversify the portfolio and he kind of mm-hmm. laughed it bought off. The
0: That's what he did. So, yeah. So, yeah.
1: And, and he said, oh, you know, just diversifying the portfolio. And he you know kind of mm-hmm. laughed it off, which I guess is his way of saying, you know, Maybe didn't want to give away too much info. But what he did say uh, in a follow-up to that is, you know, right now, he said in his own words, I'm a young pup. And in five years, he wants to be like LeBron James. You know, he mentioned him. He mentioned Conor McGregor. So Mm -hmm. with due time, and like you mentioned, the ring on the finger helps. He almost got it last year. He could get it next year and beyond. You know, not even just in five years, in like two to three years, could he be at that LeBron James, Conor McGregor level?
0: I I, I think that that's that's rare air, and I think that takes a lot of work. Um, But I think, again, it comes down to personal choice. I I think you, once, if you get the ring on the finger, you know, and and you want to spend more time devoted to that and balance it out, you know, to be more Brady-esque, maybe, let's call it, um, Mm -hmm. you know, that that takes time. um, And it takes, you know, you mentioned before time. Time is the only thing we really own. You know, what do you do with the 24 hours and how do you spend it? Um, and, um, as things play out, the beauty of the digital and social space now is that athletes' brands are extended well beyond their playing careers if they choose to do that. And we see many athletes, Alex Rodriguez being one, you know, does a great job of that. Um, so, you know, it takes time and, doing things right. And, um, it seems, don't know Joe Burrow at all, you know, just seems from a distance, you know, one of the things that I think is impressive is is there's thought into everything. There's not like kind of nonsense being thrown around and, and everything is calculated and smart uh, and fits kind of what he wants to do and where he wants to go, whether that's on the field or off the field. Uh, and that works, you know. And by the way, health has a big, big part of it. So can't overextend yourself, especially, you know, when you've got a target on your back, um, you know, being a, an NFL starting superstar quarterback. Uh, and figuring out how you balance all that out over time, you know, when during the regular season, you have Tuesday off and that's it. So, you know, it takes time to make sure you're, you're doing both sides of the ball. I think the part you mentioned about him being
1: calculated rings so true, because one thing Mr. Fisher told me earlier is, you know, the word that came up frequently was authenticity. It's the word that came up with him. It's the word that comes up even when other people talk about Joe Burrow. It
0: comes up way too much, way overused in terms of, you know, so I think it's very simplistic. You know, um, you know, you have athletes who look at just getting all the money and and not really engaging in the brands that they're partners with, and you have a growing number of athletes who take their time and pick the right spots. Now, some of them pick things that they think they should know more about and don't really, and they want to educate themselves. I think I applaud people for that. Um, some of them kind of see what the trends are and, and come along and, and look around the locker room and see what, where people are making money, uh, but it has to tie back so people don't look at it. And I wouldn't even say authentic. I think it's more quizzical. Like, why was somebody buying that? You know, I go back to, um, um, you know, in in Jerry Maguire. You know, do I want my water, my uh, my wide receiver doing waterbed ads? Does that fit what he's doing? So. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, I think you know, even when you look, you mentioned Sleep Number before. I mean, I mean rest and and the other parts of what's going on mental health mental acuity um you know fitness all those things factor into the lives of the lifestyle it's things that they know and i think a lot of times the things that you know are are a lot easier to work with than things like you know being a rocket scientist so yes yes indeed
1: so that so that that is actually a good elaboration so, so you're saying burrow is just being very smart he's playing his cards right Um, and, and that's, what's going to work out for him, not just now, but in the long
0: run as well. Yeah. And I I think it's, it really is about the partners that you have. I think when you get older and I'm much, much older than anyone, you know, anywhere near, maybe even an NFL coach at this point, (laughs) although there are probably a few older, but, but I think it's, you (laughs) want to work with good people and you want to take on causes and you want to make sure that, that, you know, when people close their eyes and look at you, they have an image. Um, you know, there was there's a thing called the Tom McGann theory. Tom, Tom McGann was a long-time shoe company internationally especially in the northeast and one of their things was you know do you want to do something that if you're you know do you want to be controversial or do you want to make sure that everything you're doing the audience that you're looking at are your kids and your family and and my opinion is that's probably what joe joe Burrow looks at it's like you know are my friends and family who i've known for years whether it's in Ohio or where I go to college or, you know, where I'm, uh, you know, engaged at, the, at this particular time, when they look at me and I'm in a supermarket, are people going to look at me and say, that guy's a jerk or boy, that guy is impressive. I want to make sure my kids, you know, angle up to him. That's
1: very profound. And I think you can maybe tie that back into his foundation, which, mm-hmm. you know, his mom and dad are part of the board of directors on and he's the president of. So, I, you know, I think that kind of goes hand in hand there. But another side of all this I wanted to ask you about, kind of the behind, the, uh, I guess you could say behind the scenes of like what goes into all of this is I know like every other athlete, he has his own marketing, not his own particular, but he has a marketing agency that represents him. Mm-hmm. I believe his is WME Sports, if yep. I mean wow. this correctly. Yep. And I also know that uh, his friends like Justin Jefferson from the Vikings and Nick Bosa from the uh, 49ers, They are a part of that along with Luka Doncic and Khalil Mack. So some overlap there and some notable names as well. But what what goes into, you know, whether it's Joe Burrow, any athlete, what goes into them picking an agency and kind of working with them and, you know, finding, I guess, the right fit for them? Maybe that's a question that's better for them. But how do you... I mean, I think it's homework.
0: I I think you have to fit in with... philosophy and it's not an agency it's as much the the person who you're dealing with or the people that you're dealing with and making sure that they're aligned and, and and looking at the people that they've worked with what their backgrounds are um and making sure that it fits to be part of your team i mean that's it's really kind of straightforward um you know it's a highly highly competitive business it is much, much more so on the marketing and longer-term opportunities now than contracts because contracts are slotted, especially when you're younger. Um, and you know the non-guaranteed money in the NFL obviously factors into that, but you need you know, a really smart finance person, a really smart legal advice, and then you need people who are savvy and understand the world uh, from a marketing standpoint. And by the way, if you look at it from a cause and social responsibility space, there are probably athletes in a transactional world that will look at things and say, you know, I just want things that are going to make money. Just bring me the money. I want the money now. And you have other athletes who look at it and say, this is part of who I am. I want to invest in causes. I want to invest in, you know, sustainability. I want to invest in feeding the homeless and figure out ways to make good business sense out of that. That's a massively growing space, cause marketing and social responsibility. Some agents are into it, some are not. Because they don't see the you know the massive return that they would get. Because they are very much a transactional business. I get paid this. I get this percentage. I want to make sure that my guys and my women are, are getting taken care of, and that's how I make my money.
1: So with the Joe Burrow Foundation, which is another aspect I think that we can't overlook. You know how much of that plays into you know diversifying his portfolio, like you mentioned. You know being the entrepreneur I I, I, is-
0: I think I think I don't know. Honestly, I can't answer that question because I don't know. Right. Um, I, I don't think that really has to do. That has to do with things you want to do for the long term and how you want to invest in a community versus hopefully just making money right now. It's when, when you have athletes who try to go into a foundation and use it as a for-profit entity, which it's certainly not supposed to be, they run into a right. lot of legal problems. So, you know, you have to have the right one or two people around you who are smart enough to understand how the not-for-profit world works. And that's vastly different from the for-profit world.
1: Absolutely. And I'm actually glad you clarified that because that's an important distinction that I think gets overlooked mm-hmm. sometimes by even people like myself, for example. So I appreciate that. I, I guess kinda of to wrap up this really great conversation, uh, Mr. Favorito. Actually, is it Mr. or Doctor? So it's, I know you're a professor. Just Never so ever it. ever call me
0: doctor. I am not. The no, only you know, <laughs> the only person who ever called me a doctor because he said <laughs> he liked the way I looked was um 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 what's his name? I'll think of it. Um, (laughs) not Logan, not Logan Paul, his brother, um, Jake, um, Jake Paul.
1: Sorry. That's so funny. Yeah. He said, you're
0: kind of wise. He goes, are you you a doctor? You could be, you know, so I said, you can call me Dr. Wiseman. So, but no, I'm not a doctor in any way, shape or form. So a a wise guy, maybe it's, maybe it's it's the East Coast Jersey accent. Spin doctor maybe, but not, 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 uh, no PhD for me. Anyway, last question. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. No, no, you're good.
1: No, that that was funny. I was gonna say I like the wise guy title. Oh, are you a wise
0: guy? Like from Jake the? Paul, I guess, yeah, it was Jake Paul, so.
1: from, from all those movies. No, that's awesome. Uh, but I guess to kind of wrap up is you know, like you said, whether it takes three years, five years, and depending on many other factors, you know, Joe Burrow can get to a very high level off the field and on the field. But one thing that's so interesting that I thought about, and that you know, Mr. Fisher acknowledged earlier, is it's becoming less about for these athletes at least it's it 's becoming less about endorsements and more about partnerships. Why do you think that's the case and how uh, far- I think people
0: I think people like to use those words um i don 't okay. know how true that is I think okay. you hear quote partnerships well, what does that really mean? Partnerships mean investment and understanding on both sides. There are uh-huh. certainly athletes who do that you know uh, Aaron Donald invested in ready nutrition. Uh, and is there with the founder pat cavanaugh looking every day at the colors of the products um i I think partnerships are like a really fancy way to say you know oh we're going to work together on these things a lot of times you know you look behind the curtain sometimes it is just for the money and that's okay um so i think partnerships uh, brands try to figure out what else they can get out of things and, and sometimes that involves social media posts but um, you know, true partnerships are where people are spending hours and hours together, understanding and growing a business. Um, I still think when you look at athletes in the prime of their career, they're limited on their time and there's only so many places they can do that. So to that point, I guess, with all that we've mentioned, you know, h- how
1: far like can Joe Burrow get? Like m- maybe that's obviously subjective, but from what you've seen, like, can he really get to that LeBron level? Or is there maybe something that could hold him back from that? its I,
0: I don't think anybody's really held back. You know, when you're successful as, as an athlete or an entertainer, it becomes, like I said, how many hours of a day can you split things up and what do you really want to do? At the end of the day, what is enough is enough. There's plenty of athletes and celebrities out there who are like, you know, I'm pretty happy where I am. This is what I want to do. I don't have to be the biggest and the best all the time oh, off yeah. the field like I am on the field. So... Uh, it really is personal choice and and some of it is luck some of it is planning uh you know if suddenly you know urban farming and, and um, all the things that they're doing with with farming and feeding people suddenly become the biggest thing on the planet they're first in and they could be make millions off of that it's really it's about the time you have and 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 what you do with your time more than a lot of times with with dollars because you know if you have a good financial advisor you know you can make really good money, make really good money as a professional athlete, obviously, and be set for life. You don't need to do all these things. It's up to you. You know, the biggest thing I will leave you with is the question that you have to ask people, is it ROI, which is a return on the investment of my time, or is it ROE, which is return on ego? Mm -hmm. A lot of times people do big spending things and and try to be every place for everywhere because of ego, not because of investment. And I think the ones who use ROI and, and how they're investing their time Um, succeed a lot more than the ones who look at ROE. That is a great point. And I think
1: that's a great way to wrap up this great conversation. And, uh, you know, it's funny because I mentioned this earlier, Joe Burrow said his biggest personal goal is to be the best in the world. And obviously he's talking about as a football player, but it makes you wonder, does he want to be the best in the world in everything?
0: So, well, I I, I think a lot of athletes and I've been around a lot of elite athletes. I think that is their goal to be the best at everything they do. But, you know, that's all relative. I, I think when you leave and you close your eyes at the end of the day, you look at the man or the woman in the mirror, and you got to be happy with who that person is, no matter what you do. Absolutely. And that's uh, who Joe Burrow is. That is uh, Joe
1: Favorito, again, who was so generous with his time joining us on this podcast. to talked about a lot of uh, insightful things about Joe Burrow and uh, the business entrepreneurial side of him. Joe, really appreciate your time. Thank you for joining us on this podcast.
0: Thanks, Muhammad. Anybody who wants to follow along, I'm on Twitter, at Joe Fav. You can find me on LinkedIn. Glad to kind of engage as people need it. Uh, and enjoy your summer, most importantly.
1: You heard the man. Follow him on Twitter if you want to learn more. Once again, for myself, Joe Favorito, and Todd Fisher, my special guests, I'm Muhammad Ahmad. Andrew and Mike will be back with me on Friday to wrap up the Bengals' for me. We'll see you on Friday.